Welcome to BHS Live, your source for rapid-fire Wall Street knowledge and valuable guidance, hosted by me, Todd Schoenberger, and Tobin Smith. On this week's show, Toby and I discuss the red-hot inflation report and what you need to do as an investor to prepare yourself financially and mentally. Be prepared for a high-energy, fun, and most importantly, fantastic investment advice show. And thank you for listening to BHS Live. 8.6%, ladies and gentlemen. That's the price of the cost increase year over year for things like food, gas, energy, shelter, all the things that you need to live. And we got that report coming out of the government this morning. And guess what happened on Wall Street? Traders and investors are very angry. Stocks are selling off once again. It's leading into the 10th losing week out of the last 11. Things are going from bad to worse. Well, hi, everyone. I, welcome to BHS Live. I'm Todd Schoenberger. I apologize that we're a few minutes delayed today, but I am joined by my co-host, Toby Smith, out in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. And Toby, I got to say, when I look at these numbers, I have to wonder, because we thought we, were, we saw the peak a couple of months ago, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So what are you telling your investors? Well, first off, I don't know who we is, Todd, because I certainly haven't forecast that. I mean, if you if you followed us from the beginning on this show, um, I, 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 there, there's some clear issues that people just don't understand about, you know, quote unquote, inflation or cost of living uh, rises. Number one is, is that housing? I mean, and that's the real key. It's called shelter in the CPI, but shelter costs are fixed. Once they go up, they don't go down. Well, until you have a, a housing crash or you have a uh, you know economic crash, right? Right. They don't go down, so those rates continue to be higher. When they're higher, that inflation rate is sticky. Number one. Number two. The scariest part of the reports today was not the CPI, but it was the Michigan um, report yeah. on expectations, because what you need to understand at home is is that what scares the hell out of the Fed is when a wide swath of American consumers feel like, gosh, my prices are going to be going up 3 4% here all the time, so I'm going to buy more stuff now to save on those higher prices, when in fact the hoarding yeah. of stuff feeds higher prices, and then it yeah. becomes a, you know, a vicious upward uh, you know, feedback loop. Yeah. That's what we're facing. Don't worry about the short term here. If you worry about unanchored inflation expectations, which yeah. I guarantee you they're talking about today, then, right. then you know but, our but forecast is 8% inflation for the eight, next three or four months. 8% inflation. The Fed is meeting next week. Uh, they're all expectations are looking at another 50 basis point. That's one half of 1% increase for, for interest rates. And this should continue for the next couple of meetings at least the question actually comes up because when we hear this number you know the white house is scratching its head the fed is scratching its head they're wondering what can we do other than raise interest rates and yes you are right there is a short-term knee-jerk reaction but when you are an average american and you're paying five bucks a gallon for gasoline it's insane and you look at your food costs are up nearly double digits you have to wonder When's it going to stop? And that right now, that doesn't seem like there's a real good plan to try to counter this. Well, you know, Todd, first up, when is it going to stop? Yeah. I mean, look at these inflation, hey, these higher hey, prices Toby, are I'm asking, I, Toby, I'm asking a question that every American is asking right now on Main Street. When, I, when am I going to get some relief? That's what they want to know. It, yeah. And the answer is uh, don't hold your breath, certainly for this year, because... 
let's just say you just, you know, you had an apartment that came up for rent at least yesterday. I have a friend that way. She pays $1,200, was paying $1,200. Now she's paying $1,400. She's not getting any more uh, pay. So she's lowering, of course, discretionary spending. Then she drives 45 miles to go to her job. Now her, her bill is double what it used to be. All of that is not going away, Todd, because oil prices don't change because, you know, Joe Biden uh, says that they're price gouging. We have yeah. a global market for oil. Yeah. The price of oil is what somebody will pay the most for, number one. Number two, we have a supply-demand imbalance. That's what the cause of everything here is. There's right. more demand than there is supply. And as long as we're a capitalist country, which did not sound like Mr. Biden thought we were today, yeah. um, it's, they're going to stay high. Yeah, I, I just heard a bell. I think we're going to run right through it because we're wall-to-wall -wall coverage on this right now, Toby. We're going to be talking okay. a lot about this in the 4 o'clock hour. We have a couple of great guests coming on, and we'll get into that in a moment. But when you start looking at the, the numbers themselves and you really start dissecting the data, and a lot of Wall Street analysts would love to actually – pull things out, you know, X food and energy. Maybe we'll take yeah. the shelter component out of it. And when you look at it, then you're hearing numbers. Yeah, yeah, maybe up, we're only up four or 5%. That doesn't fly for Main Street America. And I know that those are the individuals that are watching this show right now because they want to know. Yeah. They see their 401k balances dropping. But you brought up an excellent point about changing spending habits. And that is the one item that the government has yet to really give us to really say that anybody is really curbing their spending. We haven't seen that demand destruction. So you have to wonder, what is that price elasticity model right now? Say on a gallon of gas, how much higher does it have to go before Americans say, the hell with this, I'm just not driving? Yeah, well, the, the, the number that we use is what a lot of people use, uh, which is basically $6.50 is okay. where we see demand. And oil, it's about $150 oil, which our forecast is $140. That is where, but remember this, I mean, again, oil price doesn't have anything to do with the freaking <laughs> gasoline price. The gasoline price is what you get from a refinery. Yes. The refiner buys the oil. It's called the crack spread. For every yeah. three bar barrels, they get three barrels of gasoline and diesel, right? Yeah. The crack spread today is $50. Now, to put that in context... The crack spread 18 months ago was $6. Right, right. So if you understand that we could take oil prices down, whatever, but if we, we are short almost 25 refineries around the world, yeah. again, it is not complicated. We have more demand than supply, and the right. only way the Fed can, can get any of these prices down is to smother the, the, the America's GDP, while Europe is already being smothered and yeah. getting demand to come down. Supply demand is irrevocable. And what I, I think, the, again, the Biden speech today was just horrific from the concept of macroeconomics. I know. The, I know. All the things that, with it, you know, that are bad, that shippers have made $180 yeah. billion, you know, that the Exxon is buying yeah. stock back, et cetera. We live in a capitalist country. Yeah. Supply demand is the essence of capitalism. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, we created this thing called ESG investing, environmental, social, and, <laughs> and governance. Yeah. And because we started that, we starved the capital that needs to go into coal, oil, yeah. natural gas, pipelines, etc. So we've done both horribly. 
instead of in increasing supply, we've decreased supply. Right. And by all the stimulus and everything else, we increased demand. We did the exact opposite of what anyone who took a freaking week in economics 101 yeah. would, would say not and, to do. And, and we threw, you know, the rules out. The, right. And, and, you know, here we are. And it's going to take a long time to unravel. I mean, I think we both can yes. agree on that. But the Biden speech today, it is an election year. Then Democrats are going to try to find the villain, the villain in the room. In this case, it is big oil. Don't don't be surprised if you start hearing about a windfall, windfall profits tax this summer. But the one thing I'll leave right. everybody with this, the single largest shareholder of ExxonMobil is a teacher's union in this country. You raise taxes, you hit that fifth grade teacher driving a Civic out in Topeka. So just remember that. <laughs> but coming up after the break, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you so much for being with us too on BHS Live. We're going to really start looking at jobs. We're going to start seeing that you start seeing the jobless claims numbers pop. What industry is actually impacted when you see a big bump in layoffs? We'll get into that after the break. Please stay with us. Buy, hold, sell live. Brought to you by Transformity Research. Hey, friends, investor friends. This is Tobin Smith. I just show this. If you may remember me from my, like 25 years on business TV. But it's not about me, brothers and sisters. It is about this. We are about five times the average stock average over the last two years. But more importantly, this year, we're up about 67% in our portfolios, while the S&P is down, you know, 12% and going deeper. And the Nasdaq's down 25% and going deeper. Let me ask you this, are you tired of losing money? Uh, because right now we forecast not only a big recession in 2023, but we think we can do this again. We think it could be up again another 550 to 60% by being in the right place, the right stocks, and at the right time. That's what we're doing right now. So join us, transformityresearch.com. Get on our free newsletter, transformityresearch.com. Join us for free and stop losing money. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. If you like Buy, Hold, Sell Live, be sure to smash the like button. Lights, cameras, connectivity to every kind of screen with six broadcast studios and experts ready to help plan the event. Big Wig Media's broadcast center at the Willard is the ideal headquarters to host your virtual meetings and video conferences. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back. You know, uh, one of the issues that uh, people who've, who've sort of denied inflation and denied recession is that, but look how strong the economy is. We have 15 million <laughs> job openings and we have, you know, 7 million people looking for jobs. Well, gosh, shucks, that's yep. going away. 
and 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 the the most intriguing part of the of the last week to me has been that in the technology world, where remember, um, thirty two billion dollars of venture capital money has gone in, in just in the last four years into startup companies. And what do you do when you get a checkbook full of cash? I had a startup company full of check. You start writing checks for jobs, and you know you <laughs> hire everybody, and you're, you know, you're going, dude, YOLO, FOMO, we got to make this happen. Yeah. Sleep over, sleep in the office, twenty four hours a day. Well, guess what? Now the bill has come, and now we're seeing, you know, with 72,000 jobs laid off last, last month in Techland, yeah. you're going to see 150,000, yep. you're going to see 300,000, yeah. because they run out of money, and when you run out of money, you cut, you know, your overhead. When you yeah. don't have revenue that gets close to paying your overhead, then you either sell what's called an aqua hire to right. a larger company because they just want your engineers, yeah. Or you close your doors, and and that's another thing that happened. Just like the dot com bubble, yeah. The 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 cloud bubble, you know, the FOMO, YOLO, meme, yo yo, all yeah. that shizzle, is blowing up. Well, it's blowing we're, up because there's more. There, there's not enough demand, and there's too much to supply just to stay with my thing. Right, right, and and to add to that too, Toby, you're now starting to see that we're now every week, every Thursday, we receive the jobless claims number. Yeah. That's first time jobless claims when somebody is unemployed, they file for unemployment benefits. We're now seeing that number creep higher, and it actually had been going down during the pandemic recovery, but now those numbers are increasing. And I got to tell you, we were a little bit late starting the show today. I'm driving through Washington. I think everybody <laughs> is unemployed in Washington. There must be. 10 million people walking around, so traffic's crazy. So nobody's working right now. But there are a number well, of companies. But back, just joking aside yeah. there, when you start thinking about what companies are going to do, they can increase costs, but then you start looking at that elasticity where you have a consumer saying, I'm not going to buy, say, that shirt. So therefore, if they're not going to buy the shirt, the company has to eat the added costs. And if they do, that usually results in layoffs down the line. Right. Well, you know, let's, let's also, again, the framework has to be that we pulled forward five to eight years of demand, right. particularly for stuff during the pandemic. As, as I say, I, you know, I, I want to go in the business of going around to people's homes and buying stuff they paid $50 for, for like two bucks and a laurel and a hearty handshake, right? Because <laughs> we got too many air air, air uh, fryers. We got too many of this, we do that, right? But yeah. we also, and Amazon and, and Walmart and Target are the perfect example of this. They are laying off people. Right. At, you know, six months ago, it was a $5,000 bonus, $22 right. an hour and a pension, right? Yeah. But obviously what's happened is they overhired they yep. overbought inventory. Yep. Um, you know, shipping rates are now going down yep. from China to the United States. Uh, that's a little different than what the president said today. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I deal in facts. I don't deal in rhetoric. Um, and so, you know, this is the natural part. Also, small businesses, Todd. I follow the small business numbers uh, st stronger because large companies are, have great managers. They have ways of working this. Small businesses yeah. like, dude, money's down this month. Get rid of Fred. Right. And then if they're down right. again, get rid of get a Roy because they they don't have the opportunity to op yeah. operate at a deficit. So small <laughs> right. businesses are now firing the same people that they were going to pay five thousand bucks for. And that 
is what a recession is. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right about that, Toby. And and we can even go further into that. You know, you start looking at uh, specific industries right now. One industry that keeps coming up because now with these on a, with uh, people actually potentially being laid off is the mortgage industry. Clearly, you have rising oh, yeah. rates. People are not going to be getting those loans. Therefore, that just leads into a real estate bubble burst. And now we have to wonder what's going to end up happening when you start having the mortgage industry taking a hit because you mentioned it best. So many people were hiring and the mortgage industry was hiring left and right just six months ago. They could not hire fast yeah. enough with the sign-on bonuses. The banks on Wall Street were doing the same thing and yeah. now they're laying off. And so you have to wonder going forward, is that going to lead into what's that mean for the rest of the uh, of the economy? And well, I think you're going to have the layoffs the, now. Yeah, remember at the margin here, the housing industry is about 18% of GDP, of the entire GDP. Yeah. The auto industry is about 6 to 8%, depending on the year, right? So so 25% of our entire GDP, do you like these hand signals, uh, is <laughs> is the home and cars. Yeah. Both our, our sales are coming down. Construction's going down in most areas, except, you know, the super hot areas where They've already sold the home. They're just building a home they've already sold. But if you look at lumber prices, that's the one that I really look at. Yeah. Lumber prices, remember, they got up to like $1,800, $2,200 a board, you know, square yeah. board feet, right? They're now down to $800. Yeah. Because it's, it's a leading indicator of demand. And I look at leading indicators. Most people who are significantly less smart than I am look at lagging indicators. And lagging indicators don't mean squat if you're trying to forecast the economy. Right. So we, when we use lumber prices, that's an example. Um, you know, uh, anything in the mortgage industry that's pulling back is indicative of obviously less refi, less you know, cash out, and less new home buying. I mean, and, and the data is there. So that is part of what the Fed does. The Fed only right. has, you know, Fed has a hammer or they have a sledgehammer. Yeah. And they've been using a hammer and they need to use a sledgehammer. And when all of a sudden the mortgage is going to be 6% by the end of summer, probably 6.5%. That 6.5% mortgage versus your one and three quarter mortgage is going to yeah. cut out about 40 to 45% of people who are just ineligible. They don't have enough of a down payment right. to buy a home. That's when we start to see... The, the home's full, but that's all, you know, in the future. We're not going to see that data for another six months. Right. And, and that's the other side of it, too. With the rising values in these home prices, you've actually seen a lot of municipalities that they still haven't faced that day of reckoning because property taxes have been so high. So a lot of people are paying more into the coffers or for the municipalities. And once that happens, and that's usually the, if you want a lagging indicator, you or you really want to look out forward, you have to wonder once you start seeing some type of, um, uh, of uh, issues there on the on the muni side, then you're going to probably see a real, real long-lasting uh, recession. But you know, yeah, right and, now, and, I mean, it, it just going forward. You know, you have you have to wonder what the White House can do about this. Like you mentioned, Biden's speech earlier. There's really not a lot of things that the White House and the Fed can do at this point, other than just be patient. We have a supply-demand imbalance. The only thing they can do is bring down demand 
greatly. That's the yeah. only thing they can do. That's all they can do. That's right. Well, I look right now. I see the Dow is down over 700 points. We're going to be with you up until 3.30. And I also want to get into what we're going to be doing for the 4 o'clock show. There's lots of great guests, lots of excitement as well. We do hope you stick with us for that 4 o'clock. But coming up after the break right now, Toby and I are going to be talking about the Federal Reserve meeting coming up next week. And we have a few guesses of what Jerome Powell and company might actually do. So please stick with us. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. Hi, everyone. I'm Veronica Dudo, and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. If you have the Russians that are going into Ukraine, the Americans and the Germans and everyone else in Europe is going to say, hell no. If Russia doing things, you know, logically was their M.O., I'd agree with you. Yeah, Todd, why don't you get him on, on a phone call right now? Hello, <laughs> you... Financial News TV, just the way you like it. Fast-paced, unadulterated, in your face, rock and roll style. Join us next time on Buy, Hold, Sell Live. Oh yeah, I'm gonna remember all that. I can't even remember. Oh God. Yeah, well, that does. I want you to. Uh, oh my God. Fast pace. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Take one. Fast pace. No holds barred. In your face, rock and roll style. Woohoo! Let's kick some. I want you to smash that like button. <laughs> Track, cue, dissolve. Good morning and welcome from Big Wig Studios. From the Big Wig Media Studio. Big Wig Media's broadcast center at the Willard is the ideal headquarters to host your virtual meetings and video conferences. Kudos to our team who's running around behind the cameras. What I liked about working with Big Wig Media was you guys are the experts. Our industry pros have you covered. Let's get started. Welcome back to BHS Live. I'm your host, Todd Schoenberger, joined by my co-host, Toby Smith, out in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we went into today. We saw that we were waiting for this big inflation reading. The worst thing for the White House is that we saw an 8.6% year-over-year rise, but we saw it on a Friday, which means it's going to be sticking with the newspapers all weekend. That's not very good. This is only the second time in the last 12 months we've had this reading on a Friday. Toby, I see the market is uh, actually starting to recover a little bit. I know it's a little bit jaded to say Dow's actually only down 560 right now we were down over 700 a few minutes ago but we have a lot of movement for next week because next week you have the Federal Reserve meeting and all expectations they are looking for a 50 basis point one half of one percent increase 
that's what the decisions expected out of the FOMC. But do you think that they're going to stick with that? Or based off of today's data, do you believe the number might be a little bit higher? Yeah, I mean, that's that's always a, a dicey call, Todd. Um, typically, what the Fed does is they tell you what you're going to do, they're going to do, they tell you again, and then they tell you again. And that's what they've done with the half uh, percent raise. If they went with the 75 basis point, in other words, take it up to three quarters of 1%, mm -hmm. which they absolutely should do for crying out I loud. I agree. Um, but then, then it comes into the credibility of the Fed. And, and I know it's a little esoteric for people at home, but the credibility of the Fed yep. is what holds the entire global monetary system together. Because remember, every Deutsche Mark or yen, et cetera, is priced off the American dollar. Yeah. The American dollar is priced based on um, inflation expectations. So yeah. you have a choice of ripping the Band-Aid off and letting right. the markets, you know, uh, crap on themselves. Oh God! Or <laughs> you have the maybe the risk that yeah. if you did the seventy-five basis points, people like me would buy stocks that day because they know because we actually know now that they're serious about this and they're not pretending this you know silly little game that oh you know if we just take the next uh, four months to raise yeah. rates that we're you know because remember they have to smother the American GDP. Uh, to get the demand side down. Yeah. Our supply side is like crazy, uh, yeah. unfortunately. Not crazy, unfortunately. Our demand side is crazy. Yeah. And we can we can talk about this all day long. We can. But the all only day. Question I have all day, is, Toby. The, yeah. The, the only question is, is when does the recession start? And because the Fed has been so behind the curve here, yeah. how hard do they have to smash the economy to get down to right. the point where, where, remember, we got 11 million jobs and only 6 million people available. We could lose 6 million jobs and we're still at full, on, full yeah. employment. I think people forgot that data. Well, I think I think it's obvious that if we are going to see, I mean, two straight quarters of negative GDP growth, it's not happening this year. There's just not enough time in the year. So you have to suspect that it's going to happen in 2023. I think the alarming part of this, though, is that when you have the Fed that comes out with this, I mean, with the government coming out with the CPI number today, the Fed says, OK, we're going to be meeting next week. We're sticking to the schedule. But it's almost like a panic a crisis right now. I mean, with gas prices are hitting record highs every single day. The last yeah, 13 days in a Todd. row, we've hit record everybody highs. Everybody knows that, Todd. The market, yeah, I know knows, that. Everybody knows I, that. So why doesn't the Fed get together for an emergency meeting this weekend? Why do we even need to wait? I mean, it's not the ECB. Why don't they get together right now and say, hey, you know what? Maybe we should be doing something else and looking at this as a true crisis of not only just from the household side, but really for national security. There there's so many issues with this right now, and it, none of it looks good. And now I see the Dow is actually selling off. It's violent volatility going into the going into the closing hour here today. Yeah. Doesn't look good right now. Okay, so well, your prediction for for Wednesday for the for the Wednesday meeting when they get started, you're thinking it's a they, wild card. It could be 50 basis points, 75, no, but one or the other. No, they wimp out. They wimp out. They do exactly what they said they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, and 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 remember. The bond market, who actually understands inflation, has already priced in a half percent today, you know, in June, right. July, and in September. That's already priced in. Here's the point. As the stock market goes down in value, the wealth effect goes in reverse, right? Right. So 
our number is if, if we don't hold 3,800 on the S&P, then we go to 3,600 support, then we go to 3,400 uh, support. If we break that, then the Fed is going to wimp out again and come in and say, hey, hey, wait a minute, you know, this is too much, too far, too fast. Right. Yet, conversely, when stocks had 20 years of gains in yeah. six years, well, we'd be only going back to the value of 2020 below the pandemic, right? right. So, you know, we, we, we somehow you have to pay for all the stupid things that have been done by the Fed. Um, right. and, and I would rather pay for it now than yeah. just limp along and limp along. Uh, yeah. and, and they're afraid, you know, they're afraid to crash in the market. Well, well gee gosh. You're thinking tough, like Paul Volcker. You're thinking like Paul well, Volcker I mean, back in 1980. This is Paul Volcker. Yes, I was there, buddy. I you was were. selling I know bonds. You were. But I you was would, selling you lived bonds. That. And, and I was telling people, look, you have to, you have to get this 12% 10-year bond into your portfolio right. because they're never going higher. And then three months later, I was back to the same hedge funds and pensions saying, you can get it for 14% now. Yeah. And, and, the, and, give, and, and by, by the way, no one remembers that we raised, Volcker raised the Fed funds rate to 21%. Right, right. And no that's one true. would believe that today. He, he no actually had in, in one one setting. I mean, he would go one percent clips if he had to. And to oh, give, it, give the viewers a little bit of of, um, of background on this, Paul Volcker, when he was running the Fed, this was during the the slash you know Carter's going into the Reagan era. And we, yeah, we were looking at high inflation back then. You hear about it on the news all the time. But what he did was he, like you said, he wasn't doing this twenty five fifty basis point thing. He went all the way through, and he spiked higher quickly. But he also had had the benefit of looking at a supply side uh, type of uh, tax friendly uh, Congress at that point, and that did yeah, help yeah, but, matters going forward. Yeah, but, but Todd, Todd, that, that's your that's your right wing brain. Oh, you know, come on, what, Toby. What happened? Come on. What happened? What actually happened is that we got a wage spiral and we had a Social Security spiral because. We put a cost of living index in, in Social Security right. and in the 29% of, of jobs. That was why it spiraled, Todd. The reason why it had to go okay. to 21% had nothing to do with supply side. It had to do with the fact that, that they'd become untethered. Inflation was feeding inflation, was feeding wages, et cetera. And the only way to stop it was to, to essentially eliminate 10 million jobs, which is what happened in that you know, deep recession in 83, 82, 83. Well, we lost 10 million jobs. We, you know what? We, had, we have 40 million less jobs then, Todd. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to do a little pushback on that for all my Republican friends out there. And I look at that Tax Reform Act of 86 and I look at the two cuts that happened before that as well. I think that led to a lot of growth. But regardless, yeah, but Toby, you and I, we love talking Todd. about this. That was 86. I'm talking about in 82, 83. All right, enough of that. That's when the Orioles were last in the World Series, by the way, in 83. <laughs> Whole other story, <laughs> though. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen, you got to stick with us for the 4 o'clock show. We got Mitch Rochelle. He's coming back to the show. He was a great guest a few weeks ago. He's got a ton of valuable information for you. He's been hitting the media circuit, beating that drum about inflation. He's got a lot of great advice for you. Want to stick with us? We also have Achilles Larere. He's actually going to be sticking with us for the A block. He's coming in as well. He actually had, you won't believe what he has to say about this, this uh, number today. So please stick with us at 4 o'clock. We got a ton of stuff to get to at the top of the hour. The Dow is down 675 as I speak. We hope to see you in a few minutes at 4 o'clock. Thank you for joining us. 
Thank you for listening to BHS Live. We hope you enjoyed yourself and return next week. Until then, please remember to subscribe to the Crosscheck Media channel on YouTube and follow us on all the social media sites. Take good care. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.